going on, Sunbelt fans? Welcome into the week six wrap up. And it's finally happened. We have a ranked team in the Sunbelt. And if before the season anyone said it was going to be James Madison first, uh, I'd have to question your logic on that one. Uh, and part of the reason for that is because they didn't have a big power five uh, opponent that they could have had a, a win against to really uh, improve their chances to get to that level. Uh, so it's really impressive that uh, they're, uh, first of all, undefeated, ranked number 25 in the nation. Uh, we've got Coastal close behind them receiving some votes. Uh, in fact, I was kind of surprised that Coastal didn't get in above them. I guess it's because Coastal's had enough close games, whereas uh, you know the one real close game that James Madison has had was a big-time comeback, so they probably got more points for that than, than anything else. Um, I, I, strength of schedule-wise, I don't think they're really far away from each other, um, but it doesn't matter. Right now, the best thing is that the Sun Belt has a ranked team that everyone's looking at and hearing about and all the credits to James Madison, they just keep getting it done. So we'll go in and just talk about their game first. Uh, I had this one predicted 34 to 28 and JMU ends up taking it 42 to 20. Uh, it was a close game though, till the fourth quarter. Uh, we had some, some back and forth. Uh, it was a pretty good game to watch really until that late part of the fourth quarter. Well, I'd say about midway through the fourth quarter, it was only 28 to 20 JMU. So very much within striking distance for Arkansas State. They're playing at home. You think maybe they've got a chance, but James Madison just continued to do what they do, which is play consistently and effectively down the stretch. Uh, They've got Santeo just doing what he does. They established the run really well in this game. Uh, Percy was doing very well. Obviously, they got Black back there in the backfield as well. Um, they just were, they're just a solid team and that's why they're ranked at this point in the season. They're very solid all the way around. They don't make really big mistakes watching back from that game. The few mistakes that I did see and could tell was, you know, like jumping off sides, uh, before the snap a few times for some five yard penalties. I mean, when those are your biggest mistakes that you're making, those are easy to swallow, you know, when, cause you can easily overcome them. So that's what they did there against Arkansas state, Arkansas state, uh, probably disappointed a little bit with their performance. Uh, you know, you had Blackman with some, um, you know, with uh, no interceptions, but he did have a turnover on the ground. Um, so you, you want you don't want to fault him too much. I mean, he had 247 through the air and two touchdowns. So overall, decent game, but you still got to take care of the ball. You know, James Madison's the type of team that's going to make you pay for that. And so that's exactly what they did. Uh, then we'll jump into the game of the week, which was Georgia State versus Georgia Southern. I had this one predicted in Southern's favor, 38-21. It actually went the opposite way. Georgia State comes away with the victory, 41-33. to uh, This Lived up to expectations, though. It was a great game to watch. It was nice that this one was by itself. When you want to focus on a game, it's nice to to have one that's on all by itself. You're not jumping around trying to keep up with a bunch of games at the same time. Uh, This one, obviously, a little bit back and forth to start with. Um, Traded some touchdowns really early on and then kind of... You know, made, Georgia Southern was making it look easy to kind of start with. They had a big time throw and catch downfield quick. You think, wow, you know, this continues. This game's going to get out of hand. Well, Georgia State answers right back, and, and Granger's kind of looked the way that Panther fans have wanted him to kind of look all along. Uh, you know, again, 
I had before the season that Georgia State was going to struggle early against some powerful opponents, and then they were going to come into their play. Well, it took a little bit longer, but it does seem that they have hit that stretch there. Uh, so, you know, they made Southern pay for their mistakes. They threw four interceptions. I would put Vantrese on about three of them. One of them, his wide receiver was hit right in the hands and knocked it up into the air instead of catching it, you know. I have a hard time always faulting the quarterbacks for those interceptions, um, but they also had a fumble, and Georgia State made them pay for all those mistakes. Uh, so every time that you know Southern thought they were closing the gap, the Panthers would seemingly score again. So it's just you know it, it just got to the point where you knew it was going to go one way after a little while. Um, Southern almost blocked a punt with just under seven minutes to go. Probably could have really changed that game, but Georgia State has that powerful running game that maybe they're not going to have a ton of yards in one play specifically, but they've got those big bruising backs who can uh, just keep possession of the ball. And that's what they did down the stretch to take home that game. Uh, After that one, we'll jump into the coastal Carolina versus ULM game. This one again is got coastal being close to it, being a ranked team and they proved it in the first half of why they they're in that conversation up 28 to 14 there in the first half. Uh, they just, they were kind of shut down there offensively in the second half, not scoring a single point, not even a field goal. Uh, so it's a little surprising to see that, but luckily for them, they came out on fire in that first half. Uh, Beasley looked really good running for two touchdowns. And then obviously McCall continues to get it done, looking pretty good, throwing all over the field, um, but not, scoring any touchdowns on the ground kind of surprisingly uh in this one but ulm has kind of turned that corner i mean two and four is not a great record to be hanging your hat on but i think if you look at the actual performance on the field they've come a long way i think they're still going to be a good team to close the gap on this one and have it end with a seven point uh defeat uh i think is still a massive improvement i mean last year they let this coastal team score 56 points against them so obviously that did not happen this time around so i think you can be a little bit more proud of that kind of performance um so i think ultimately coastal keeps winning you know they'll be ranked here at some point but they're just outside that top 25 right now looking in southern miss and troy i had this been predicted with troy with 27 and southern miss 21 it ends up being troy the 27 that i predicted luckily but uh southern miss didn't put as many points on the board as i thought they might so they only come away with 10 points uh Deggy, uh, right at the right at the start of the game, he's kind of hit as he's throwing, and he gets an INT. It's not really a great pass overall. Uh, a lot of his balls are kind of lofted with some more air underneath him. Doesn't zip it in there very often. Might need to kind of look at you know tightening that up. But uh, he was kind of thrown into what seemed to be like double, almost triple coverage in the first place in that throw. So not not a great decision there. Uh, and then Southern Miss in, scores on the ensuing play um, from Wilkie to Brownlee, and it was a heck of a catch there by Brownlee if you didn't see that one. Uh, and then Deggie's picked off again on the ensuing drive uh, right near the goal line. I mean, they're within the five, and they couldn't put points on the board. Uh, but then soon after, Wilkie's also picked off. It's just It was a sloppy start by the quarterbacks. They did settle down. Um, they tried to get the running games going. No one had a massive game running offensively, but of course, Troy had both of their running backs, Billingsley and Vidal, both find the end zone. So they were the more solid team overall, though. I was really impressed with that Southern Miss defense. Um, we knew Troy's defense was going to be good. We knew that Southern Miss was going to struggle against that front seven of Troy, and they did. Um, but 
Southern Miss's defense was pretty good too. Um, I thought this was a, a pretty good game overall. I, I felt like watching it, it was a little closer than the 17 point difference it ended up being, but Hey, it is what it is. Uh, Troy continues to impress and looks like possibly, very possibly, the strongest team out there in the West. Of Again, South Alabama will want to have a say in that. But as of right now, from what I've seen, I would put Troy at the top of that Western slate. And then speaking of that Western slate, let's end with one of the most shocking games of the week. This was Appalachian State against Texas State. I called this one in favor of App State, 33-26, to and it wasn't even close. Texas State ends up taking this one 36-24 to to get their first ever victory over App State. Uh, a very impressive victory. I mean, that first half, uh, they just, just dominated the offensive side of the ball. We, you couldn't have App State do anything right from the scene, from the from every side of it. I mean, they're taking more penalties than they have offensive yardage. Um, just just I don't know. I, I watching the game as an App State fan, I just don't I don't know even know how to describe it. Just no intensity. Um I don't know if it's necessarily lack of effort, but certainly not the type of play you're used to seeing and used to watching. Um Bryce comes away with an interception which doesn't help. Lane Hatcher and we knew Hawkins and Hatcher were going to link up in this one with App State's weak pass defense. Um but I don't even think the, the defense was really the most disappointing part in that one. For the app side of things, I think the offense has just been atrocious here lately. Uh, both teams are now sitting at 3-3. Three and three. Uh, I don't think uh, a lot of people would have predicted both of those teams to be sitting at 3-3 three and three at this point of the season, but I think Texas State, that's a good thing. That's an upswing. It's a surprising victory, and their fans seem to be really pumped up about it. Good for them to kind of turn that corner, uh, get a victory over a team that they have never previously beat. So, With that being said, let's jump in real quick to the standings. We've got Coastal and James Madison sitting at the top of the conference in the East, although, again, we know pretty well by now that James Madison cannot, unfortunately, qualify for the championship game or bowl game, and they will try and submit a waiver to change at least the bowl game. It doesn't seem like the conference is going to change the rules on the other aspect of that. And then we'll have ODU, who had the bat past week off sitting at number three with a one and zero record everybody else has got at least one conference loss and app state has two so does georgia southern so i think you know you got app and marshall sitting there at the bottom of the conference on the eastern side right now it's pretty surprising to a lot of people as far as the west goes you've got usa and troy up there at the top uh troy you know suffering that defeat to app state on that last second hail mary Otherwise, they'd be 3-0 in the conference and be up there with Coastal and James Madison as well. Uh, and then from there on, we got a pretty even slate. I got We got Texas State, Arkansas State, and ULM all with one conference victory. And USM and Raging Cajun still looking for their first one. So an interesting mix. Uh, a lot of the top teams from the past several seasons are at the bottom right now. Coastal is about the only one that's sitting where they, a lot of people thought they might be at this point of the season. So with that being said, we'll jump into a quick look at Wednesday night's game, Wednesday night's matchup uh, that pits Louisiana going up there to Marshall. Last season, these two teams met for the first time ever in the New Orleans Bowl. It was a close game. It was a 16-14 to 14 halftime score. And then Louisiana came down and scored on three straight drives in the fourth quarter. Ended up winning by 15. But, man, there was a big hit on a punt return that was seemed 
a little uh, questionable and dirty. Marshall fans are going to remember that. They're going to be pumped and <laughs> eagerly anticipating Louisiana's entrance into the stadium on Wednesday night. So that one's at 7.30 ESPN2. Please check that out. Marshall is favored by 10.5 points. I can see why Ragin' Cajuns have struggled so far this year. I think that uh, revenge factor is going to be a strong one in this one. And uh, I, I'm going to favor Marshall in this one, but not by a very large amount. I, I'm going to think Louisiana covers. I'm going to favor Marshall um, probably something along the lines of 21-17 for the Cajuns. I think that uh, this one could be a little bit chippy. Let's just say that. Uh, I think it's going to be a lot of uh, penalties maybe to start the game. Uh, well, could start even slower because of them both having this kind of extended period of time off. Uh, but the intensity for this one should ramp up quick. So if there is some chippiness, some sloppiness to start with, expect it to get cleaned up a little bit. But uh, the intensity should be there all game long. This one should be a great one to watch on ESPN2. Highly recommend checking this one out. And uh, hopefully it lives up to expectations. Until the rest of the week, uh, we'll say... Goodbye for now, and then we will jump back in and give you the preview for the rest of this weekend for Saturday's matchups. <laughs>